Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, and welcome back to the Cyber Law Revolution podcast. I'm your host, Spencer Pollock, cybersecurity attorney at Whiteford, Taylor, and Preston. As always, thrilled to have you back. Getting lots of good questions, comments, questions. Keep them coming, 410-917-5189, or email me at s. Pollock, that's P-O-L-L-O-C-K at WTPlaw.com. So today I want to talk further about how the attorney work product has been whittled down by recent case law. We addressed it briefly in prior episodes, but I really want to highlight the problems that are arising from this. So a brief nerdy background about attorney work product. There's two basic protections when it comes to hiring an attorney that you get. Obviously, we know about attorney-client privilege. Those are all the conversations you have with your attorney, the notes the attorney takes. The attorney, the work product doctrine is a little different. The work product doctrine basically, basically says that work done in the anticipation of litigation at the behest of an attorney who is directing the investigation or event is protected under similar laws as the attorney-client uh, attorney privilege. It's a little bit more specific, but I don't really want to dive into the rabbit hole of the legal analysis. But basically, if an attorney hires an expert in the anticipation of litigation on behalf of a client, that should be protected under that doctrine and should not be discoverable if they're sued down the road. Think about it as they become the attorney's right hand. So looking at cyber, in recent case law, courts have been finding that that is not the case. A lot of these courts have determined that these forensic experts that are hired by an attorney on behalf of a potential breach client would have done this same work regardless of the attorney being there or not. The company is not doing this, anticipating any litigation. And the report would have been produced and made regardless. So there's many issues with this. And they still continue to revolve around the uncertainty around cyber. So cyber and data breaches and cyber incidents, unlike the usual litigation, is rapid. It's very fast. And you have to respond very quickly. So if you look at other sorts of litigation, say a car accident, uh, medical malpractice, these all happen over the course of months or even years. So it's more understandable that if a company has a common practice at that point and getting reports produced, that if the expert's basically doing the same thing before litigation, then it wouldn't be protected. The problem with the courts finding that these cyber experts coming in as a part of a business plan and business function is just not the case. And we bring forensic experts in expecting there to be litigation. Every one of my clients, the first thing I talk to them about is I'm preparing for the apocalypse. I'm preparing for them to get sued. And so we need to make sure we're protecting them, just like every other attorney in every other industry. The big difference is this is very fast. So maybe they would have brought a forensic expert in themselves. But they're still thinking, too down the road about getting sued. Obviously, in the moment, in that panic moment, in that chaos, they're thinking about their business, which is understandable. 
but they also, in the back of their minds, are likely thinking about litigation. And the second the attorney comes in, I guarantee they're thinking about litigation. Because why else are we bringing attorneys into these situations? You know, if you're trying to get a company compliant with different laws to get the proper notifications out to protect them from litigation, and that's why we're retaining experts, what else are we doing here? You know, the court is basically saying that companies should just be left on their own on an island. And a lot of times they point to these statements of work. And there's no really clean solution to this, but there might be creative ways around it. One way around it might be retaining that attorney, that breach coach before an incident, who then retains a forensic firm on your behalf, completely separate from an IR firm, from your, I'm sorry, from your um, information tech, your IT external company, your MSP. And the sole purpose is there to prepare you for a data breach and potential litigation, right? Because as an attorney, I'm only thinking about you getting sued and protecting you from that. So obviously, if we, and so then my belief is that if we start couching some of these statements of work under the more preparation and compliance aspect to get compliance with compliant with laws, then it is more anticipation of litigation. The other part is we can't be doing this only to shield reports because courts have obviously taken the position now that if an attorney is only there to shield a report, that's not going to work. So we really need to get it across that we're there to prepare for litigation. We're there to keep people compliant to prevent and prepare for litigation. It's a more nuanced approach, and we really need the courts to start recognizing that cyber is unique. Because until then, companies are going to be put in that unfair position where they're not able to prepare for litigation and everything they're doing to protect their business is going to be discoverable, which is not fair to them. So we need the court to get a little bit more practical and more balanced about this approach. And I believe there is a way to get there. But unfortunately, it's going to take time. It's going to take more people challenging this and it's going to take more higher courts leaning into it. So hopefully one day we get there and we get companies better protected and create that fair balance. So it was a quick one today, but I appreciate you coming by. Keep those questions, comments, calls coming, 410-917-5189 or email me at spollock at wtplaw.com. And we'll see you on the next one. Have a great morning, great afternoon, or a great evening.